Paul Coffey for Chris Joseph. Chris, thanks for dropping by. Thanks for having me. Another trade that the Edmonton Oilers won? Yeah, that was a big win for the Oilers. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. When, when they, I was living with Joey. Joey and I lived in a hotel in Pittsburgh for about two months, three yep. months, living in one room. Like, they left us in a room forever. Like, we both were on the team playing regular season games. Then finally, Joey moved out. They put him with a family because he was a first-rounder. I was the fourth-rounder, so I was still living in the hotel by myself. And then, actually, Joey's family found me a family to live with, which was real close by. So then we yep. rented a car together. We shared a car. Back then, times were tough in the NHL back then. We and were then making a lot. And then they traded him. And then they traded him. Then, then, just then so I you got were feeling settled. Well, I don't know if I was ever feeling settled, but yeah, yeah, I was uh, two months into my first NHL season, and it's a bit of a shock. But that's well, it must the, have been because you learn the nature of the business quickly. So, well, it must have been a shock. I mean, like Rob mentioned, you're you're a first round pick. You're thinking, okay, great, this team they 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 want to have me around. They're gonna help me develop, get a spot in the lineup, and then. What do you remember? Like, do you remember the conversation? And I remember uh, we had practice, and after practice, uh, and I was 18, I was oblivious. I'd never been traded in junior, and they said, you they know. They probably you wish you would have, though. Yeah, <laughs> and they said, you have to go see uh, the GM, and it was a quiet feel in the dressing room, like I was the only guy that didn't know, so everybody knew <laughs> what was up, sort of. Not, they didn't know what was up, but they knew something was up. And they were all experienced. They knew what it was. So, yeah, I go in and I said, uh, you know, we've traded you. And it wasn't, I mean, they got Paul Coffey. So it wasn't like they traded me because they wanted to get rid of me. They got a chance to get a Hall of Fame hockey player. And so they jumped at it, obviously. And that's. I was really, really sad that Joey was gone until I found out Cough was coming. I'm like, all right, see you later, Joey. Yeah, see ya. Bye. No, uh, you said, Rob, you said maybe Chris wished he'd been traded in junior. What was so bad about being a Seattle Thunderbird? Or is that just Rob? Are we going to go there, Brownie? I don't know. I mean, do you want to go there? Well, you can give the polite overview. Okay. I'll let, we'll go there because it's a good story. But uh, I was on a team that struggled to make the playoffs in Seattle. And I had to play against Rob Brown all the time, and they were killing the Western Hockey League. They were the strongest team in the league. And we squeaked into the playoffs. So this was back in the day. We're going to go there. We're, we're there. The there. Okay. So we squeaked into the playoffs, uh, but we had to play the best of nine, which has never happened before because the, the West only had four teams make the playoffs. The East had six. They had to buy time. Right. So the last place Seattle Thunderbirds have to play the first place Kamloops Blazers, best of nine. So we go down one nothing or 0-1. We lost first game, uh, lost the second game, uh, lost the third game. In game four in Seattle, these guys were sleeping. I don't know what the hell happened, but we, uh, we go up 7 nothing in Seattle. We're like, we're going to win a game. <laughs> this is awesome. And they chip away. They get a couple goals. It's 7-2 at the second intermission. We're like, okay, we got this. We just got to, you know, get out there and play hard and finish the last 20 minutes. So we go into the third period. They start coming back 7-3, 7-4, 7-5, 7-6. We're puckering. With a minute and 30 or so to go, we score a goal to make it 8-6. And we're like, whoo, we dodged a bullet. And, yeah, we didn't dodge a bullet. So... They get another one, 8-7, and with one second to go, Greg Hoggard scores to make it 8-8. Eight, eight. And, and this was playoff hockey, so now we have to have a full flood, go in the dressing room, 
coach is giving us a rah-rah speech and we're like yeah right <laughs> and it was about a minute into overtime my defense partner throws a pass right up the middle of the rink intercepted by rob brown yours truly and he buries one and we lose nine eight in overtime so a seven nothing lead is the worst lead in hockey. <laughs> it really and, is. and to bring this all the way back around to the edmonton oilers ken hitchcock was our coach Right. So yeah. Hitch was a coach, and that's why I said, yeah, Joey had. Joey was a very, very good player on a very, very bad junior team. Well, and then you had to play game five after that. Yeah, then that. they had to come all the way yeah, to Kamloops. and then we had to go back to Kamloops, yeah, and that was a foregone conclusion. Uh, I think we actually had a respectable game, but it was, yeah, we were done. Uh, Greg Hoggood, you connected me with him for an interview a couple of years ago, yep. now working at a, as a guard He's at, a prison, at, guard. A, at yep. a prison, which is a, a fascinating post-hockey career. Not a lot of guys choose that. No, and there's a, there's a lot of guys that are in that prison that used to watch hockey play <laughs> hockey in Kamloops. <laughs> Uh, so you guys had, we've talked a lot, Rob, you had Hitch as a, as a coach yep. in junior and a couple times in pro, but you guys had him, uh, you were both on his world junior team. What do you remember about that, Chris? Um, well, Hitch was, I mean, we had Dave Chambers was our head coach, Hitch was our assistant coach, and Dave's message was, we're not going to fight this year. <laughs> that was pretty much the message, right. so keep it clean. So Hitch was kind of the brains behind uh, and he brought all his Kamloops boys, but we had good power plays. We had good penalty kill. We had a strong team, and, uh, we, you know, we had a lot of talent. We had Sackick and Linden and Sackett, Adam Graves. Sackett, was, Sackett didn't make either one of our power plays. We were yeah. pretty good. We were solid. We had a strong, strong team. Uh, but this was the year right after the brawl, yep. uh, and it was in Moscow. And uh, we had a hell of a game against the Russians. And we ended up winning 3-2. It was a real squeaker, but it was a heck of a game. And we probably got outshot 2-1. to one. And McGillney was on fire, but so was our goaltender, Jimmy Waite. And uh, we squeaked it out. And, and because we had been disqualified the year before, that wasn't the last game. So we had to play it like was around Germany. Robin only. Yeah, who there did we no play playoffs. next? Germany, Wait, Germany or Poland? You guys yeah. had the weaker teams at the yeah, end. So yeah, so it, it was done. But right. so we knew that was the goal. It was like game. having a seven nothing. Oh, but this is like this, yeah. <laughs> but this is what Hitch was like as a coach. So we played against. I'm not sure if it was Poland or West Germany in the next game. But the score after two periods was two nothing for us. But we outshot them seventy two to one. <laughs> and I remember Hitch coming in the dressing room after the second period, screaming at us, yelling, like just went nuts, throwing stuff. And I'm like, hey, seriously, they, they haven't even had, they haven't got it over center ice for the last 40 minutes. But that was what Hitch was like demanding. We went out and scored six in the third yeah. period and the game was over. But Hitch was demanding back then too. Actually, it was really, Joey almost didn't play in the tournament though. Because well, he was arrested as soon as he landed in Moscow. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other story. Yeah, how much time we got? Have, I don't know if we have time for that one, nor am I sure how true it is. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I do know perhaps Canadian hockey players weren't that popular in the Soviet Union at that time. And if you, it was you that tell the story you had to bring your own food? Oh, we all we brought... Cheesies and stuff? Well, Hitch was the one that told us. He sent me, Greg Hoggett, and Theo Fleury across the street in Ottawa before we flew over to, to Moscow to fill up hockey bags of chips and cheesies and chocolate bars and popcorn and, and ketchup. You, we needed tons of bottles of ketchup because everything you ate in Russia needed ketchup on it. Yeah, it was pretty bland. It was bland. And the yeah. milk had, like, it was, like curdled and it all oh, it was so we started drinking Nietzsche cola pepsi cola for breakfast lunch and dinner oh. we all lost about 15 pounds wow. over there but this was we 1988 playing. too the russians were waiting in bread lines and potato right. lines yeah. so they didn't really have a whole lot back then 
Chris, it's great to have you dropping by. I'm going to put you to work here. Okay. I'm sorry to do this, but you, you know this is one of our most popular segments on the Faceoff Show. It is the first goal of the game contest. So we're going to have a Ched listener call in to pick who scores first for the Oilers. Okay. And we want to give them a $50 gift certificate to direct work where you can always score a great deal. You are tonight's celebrity recommendor. Okay. And no, ce- no celebrity has got it wrong yet. So no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. All, except almost all of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'm picking the first goal of the game. Who do you think for, it's going to be? For the Oilers. For the Oilers, for the Oilers. first goal. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Ryan Nugent Hopkins. R&H. Andrew Gross wanted. Andrew Gross loves picking. He picked Alex Jason because he yeah, likes that's guys. A good pick with, well, shooting percentage is over forty. He and, likes to pick those guys. And he's playing with uh, Connor and Leon, right. so yeah. there's there's a that good helps. chance. Yes. All right, but Nuge has been very good this year. Chris, thanks a lot for dropping by. It's great to see you. Thank you. Oh, it's Chris Joseph, former teammate of Rob Brown with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oilers and Stars are coming up at seven. You're listening to the City Ford Faceoff Show. Oilers Hockey, presented by Osmond Auction. News at 6.30. Good evening, I'm Morgan Black. It's minus two in Edmonton. More than 300 protesters showed up outside an event in Calgary today where Federal Finance Minister Bill Morneau was speaking to his business audience. One of the organizers, James Robson of Canada Action Coalition, says the energy sector wants the government to at least show the industry that it cares. There's a lot of pain right now in the energy sector in Canada. I mean, Western Canadian Select is at like $12.30 this morning. Like, that's abysmal. Uh, we need market access. Um, we were we had pipelines approved. We've had pipelines killed. Now we have a nationally owned pipeline, and we're not seeing a lot of progress. So there's a lot of frustration, uh, you know, in the, in the energy sector. Morneau didn't address the protesters, but told reporters he understands their frustration and that the government is trying to remedy the problem. And a Manitoba man who spent 23 years in prison for first-degree murder has had, as Steve Lambert reports, his conviction quashed. Manitoba.